Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to join our community, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Community to Apply. All right, so today my guest is Heather Barber, and she is founder of Achievement Consultants and also founding partner of Queen of Rap. Heather, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, Heather. So uh, excited about today's topic. So setting your rocks, how short-term goals lead to long-term success. And I know, and I'm also aware that you are referred to us over by uh, Jake Breen. So Jake's one of our, our authors and he's been a guest on the show a couple of times. So Jay, just want got to give a shout out to Jake. Hey, thanks, Jake, for sending Heather over to us. <laughs> you better be happy that I came. <laughs> Come on. He better... <laughs> He better be happy that I'm his friend and that I plugged him on this on his real estate empire. Oh, I love it. See, this is this is what we go for at Mission Matters. So, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> and it is an empire. He's doing a lot of good work over in Utah. So we're 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 big fans of uh, Jake and now soon to be yourself as as myself and the audience also get to know more about your story and also how you became known as the Queen of Raps. And we'll get into that and much more. But just to get us kicked off, Heather, let's start with what we call the Mission Matters Minute. So, Heather. We at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Heather, what mission matters to you? I have had a fire lit underneath me. As soon as my youngest went to kindergarten, I started my business when I was 23. I now have five companies, and I know a million ways to do something wrong. And I want to download what's in my brain and get this out to the younger generation so they can have success a lot earlier than I did. What a great mission and uh, one that I know many of the seasoned entrepreneurs can relate to. So so great having you on. And I guess just to get us kicked off here, let's go a little bit further into your story. So you mentioned, you know, you start five businesses now. Where'd all this begin for you? So I was the only eight-year-old with a job. I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. We always had family businesses. So mm. it wasn't a foreign concept to us. And I considered myself, you know, completely ready to start a business. I graduated from the University of Utah when I was 18. I started my MBA when I was 19. And of course, I was the smartest person in the world. And so I should start a business. I had no experience mm. whatsoever, but you know, whatever, like ignorance is bliss at this point. Yeah. And yeah. So I didn't know that many people except my family. My brothers are very entrepreneurial. And so I started the company when I was 23. We just saw a hole in the market. And we originally started with giant inflatables, like at car dealerships, like, mm. like inflatable gorillas. And not like like the, the the houses that people jump in or just no, the, no, no, the, no, no, like no. a car dealer. Okay. Like yeah, like a car dealer with a gorilla or a yeah. hot air balloon or that type of thing. So an advertising inflatable. Mm. And then mm -hmm. mostly these went to car dealerships and pretty soon they were asking for banners for like the mm. gorilla to hold a banner that says zero percent financing. And of course, ignorance is bliss. So we say yes. And we have no printer. We have no anything. But we're like, yes, we can totally do that. Because we don't know what we don't know, you know? So yeah. we ended up 
find a printer and started doing that. And then, then the companies, the car dealers would ask, oh, do you do vehicle wraps? Answer again is yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> we do what, whatever you want is what we do. That's what we do. And Stop. so, uh, yeah, literally this is how this started. So we, this was 2006. So pre, yeah. you know, big recession and we're just mm-hmm. humming along and doing our thing. And to be honest, we were so young and dumb and stupid mm. that we, put all of our competitors out of business because we just held on. We literally just held on through the recession and every single competitor went out of business. Our business was diversified with doing the inflatables, the regular printing and the vehicle wraps as opposed to just focusing on the vehicle wrap. And I am Mm -hmm. telling you, we came out of that recession guns blazing. So it's been been a wild ride. Now we have two facilities right on I-15 and, and they've been there for mm-hmm. 17 years and got 40,000 square feet of production area and, you know, 28 employees. So can't yeah. complain. That's good now. And there's, I mean, there's a big lesson in that too, right? Like that, that in those early days of you saying yes and you know, yeah, we can do that. We could do that. Like what, yeah. like, like what was that? <laughs> All the entrepreneurs that are like, that's, that's how this started when I think about Mission Matters even. So we uh, originally, we we were producing podcasts for ourselves, for myself. I mean, I was I launched the first show, which was actually under another name at that point. And then people started coming to us and asking, hey, can you help us launch a podcast? And we're like, at first, I'm like, no. Then I talked to the other co-founders like, what do you mean? Of course we can. I'm like, okay, so let me go back to them. But yeah, and and it grew from there. But it's interesting yeah. how sometimes when you just say yes and figure it out, like what can happen, right? It, that tells you the power of saying yes. And the other thing is it helps you sculpt your market. I mean, we were in the inflatable business, but really I'm in the business of making money is what business I'm mm. in. And often people Mm -hmm. ask me, like, you're the queen of raps. Do you really like cars or something? No, I like money. You know, I like (laughs) building a business. I like having, taking care of employees. Like the vehicle does not matter. The the vehicle to get that money does not matter to me. It's the challenge of building the business, finding the niche and, you know, filling out a lot of these holes in the market. Hmm. I'm I'm glad somebody said it. Like we have to be also I mean, it's okay to be, you know, passionate about what you do, but it's all sometimes the vehicle, pun intended, right? Like you're you're yeah. you're servicing your clients, those relate I had to, I had to, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> those those relationships, the clients, like all those other things. I mean, that's that's what that's what matters in my opinion. Let's talk a little bit more about today's topic. So setting your rocks, how short term goals lead to long term success. First off, what are your rocks? I wish this was a uh, video thing, but on my phone screen, like my saver screen, mm. I have mm. five rocks. Okay. And so mm. one of them is, of course, my family. That's extremely important to me. Another one is my religion. I'm Mormon. So that's extremely important to me and to be mm. active in, in that community. And then eating well, which I'm desperately working on exercising. So those are my top four. And then my newly added one is, as I mentioned, I feel a 
I almost feel like Hamilton. Like, why do you write why, like you're running out of time? <laughs> I feel like I just need to download what's in this brain. And so I set a goal yeah. for myself to give 500 keynote speeches between now and the end of my life. I don't know if it's going to happen, wow. but that's, that's my rock. That's my goal is to help people feel confident and like they can do these things. Mm. Like, hey, if she can, she can build this empire, if she can become the queen, you know, why can't I mm. type thing? So those are my five. And what I find happening, if you think about your average 24 hours, how mm -hmm. many of those hours are you actually spending on those top five goals? Mm -hmm. Are you actively voting with your time that those are your top five goals? Let me give you an example. You know, my husband is in finance and he's this very efficient person. And hmm. he, his suggestion was for me to get a nanny after school. So at three o'clock, have the nanny pick up the kids, run them to all the activities and have the nanny mm -hmm. start dinner, get the, get it going and help put the kids to bed at seven. So like a four hour a day in our witching hour, you know, like all parents can, you know, attest to that, that, that three to 7 PM is it's a rough time. It's a really rough time in a family. Yeah. But when we looked at our rocks, when we looked at our goals, when we actually sat down as a couple and said, okay, is this what, what we want to do? Is this where we want to spend our money and our time? We realized that if family is the most important thing to me, the best use of my time from 3 to 7 p.m. is shuttling my kids around. And it's almost like I give them truth serum when wow. they're in the car. and I. Mm -hmm talk to them and I meet their friends at what activities are they in. I watch them grow from week to week in cheerleading class. And <laughs> that I voted with my time. If that truly is the most important, then I yeah. need my school needs to reflect that. And sometimes those rocks, you know, you're like, Oh, my family will always be there. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's not the way it is. You got to put the big ones in first. You know, the old analogy, mm. you have the, the jar, you put the big rocks in first, then you put the pebbles, and then you put the sand, you know, the things that, that don't <laughs> matter will eventually, you know, find their ways in, but you got to put those rocks in first. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I, I don't know if I've thought about this in 20 years, but I remember maybe maybe longer, actually, if I've ever thought about it. Now that I think about it is that my dad, I remember growing up, he used to drive me to school every morning. And that really was kind of our quality time, even as like until I could drive. So at least through from age, I don't know, whatever age to 16 or so. That was our quality time. And he was probably giving me truth serum during that time, too, huh, Heather? <laughs> Seeing what oh, I was up to, huh? It is the craziest thing. If a kid sits down at a dinner table and you say, what did you do today? You get nothing. How was school? Fine. Yep. That's what I you was thinking. You do get nothing. Yeah, you're like, ah, oh, nothing, oh, whatever. Yeah, it was okay. You get them in the car and my kids can't stop talking. They are telling me the most important information. And that that's the thing is, it honestly is extremely important to them about this Minecraft or about this part that yeah. they want in this or whatever to them that wow. is a tent and if that is a tent to them that needs to be a tent to me you know i need to pay mm. attention to what they're saying and for whatever reason the car is where it all comes out you know so mm -hmm. 
I, Yo, I can see friend. that. And they don't share this one with them, Russ. They're gonna know a little bit of espionage going on. So no, <laughs> they're like, oh, so that's what mom's doing in the car. The good thing is they're kids, so they'll still want to talk. It's okay. <laughs> well, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, and I don't know if it's routine. I don't know what it is, but it's being mm. in the car. And then also, I run a lot of carpools. You know, we're going to play practice. We're going to track practice. And so I get to meet yeah. their friends, not just on the surface level. I get to engage in conversations or even just eavesdrop into conversations and, you know, really know what's going on with these kids. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, one example, and that's definitely a big one. But overall, with your, with, let's just say your rocks, as you call them, um, when you say yes to something, you got to say no to another. You gave a pretty specific example of saying no to, you know, you could have had somebody else shuttle them around. That would have been one way to deal with it. But you're like, no, family's first in this case, and uh, I'm going to do that. So you were, you were pretty firm there. So there was a, uh, you had to say no to something though. So how important is it to really learn how to say no? So I'm 42 years old. I've been in business, you know, since I was 23. And what I have seen a repeated pattern and in women specifically is they feel like to get ahead, they need to be the yes man. And I was working with a, Mm. a law firm the other day And um, there was this bright, I am talking, sharp attorney, this female, top of her class at BYU, got uh, recruited by a very large firm here in Salt Lake. I mean, just really on the ball, late 20s, you know, rising Mm. in her career. And I was doing a stay interview with her. I was sitting down and, and while I was in the room, one of the partners asked her to go get a file. Okay. That's not her job. He could have asked anyone. He could have asked a paralegal. He could have, he could have asked anyone to do it, but Mm -hmm. he asked her way below her pay grade. She stops what she's doing, goes and gets the file and brings it back to the guy. She Mm -hmm. thinks she's doing a fantastic, you know, Oh, pat on the back, you know, type thing. Fast forward couple months later, I'm in, I'm in a meeting and, and the goal is for a couple of the partners to retire, but still have income and bring in some new junior partners in order to make that happen. So Mm -hmm. they're going over the list of candidates and they decided to promote another person rather than this, this woman. And the Mm. reason being, and I kid you not, I sat there in this meeting. The reason mm-hmm. being is one of the partners said, if we promote her, we will have to hire three other people to do what she does. Wow. So she, For she doing her job too good. Stuff. Exactly. She did not get the job. Another guy who literally did his exact job description, did laser mm-hmm focused on the partner track, got the promotion, and she did not. And Hmm. I feel like if she would have said no to 90% of the things coming her way, she could have been laser focused on that partner track. But as it was, she was thinking that by saying yes to everything, all the higher ups would notice and how great it was. And they sure noticed 
but they noticed in the wrong way. And mm. we need to be protective of our time. We need to we need to vote with our hours, vote with our time. You know, what is the most important? If the most important is to be laser focused on the partner track by the time you're 30, you cannot be getting files from an offsite storeroom. There's no way. You cannot do that. You do not yeah. have enough hours in the yeah. day to do that. However, yeah. you can give a name of a junior associate or a secretary or someone else in the office that could easily do that. But you yourself do not physically have to go do that. And so I find that time, that's just one example, but time after time in women, we have got to learn to say no in order to keep us focused on those top five goals. Well said. That's well said. And I think that goes for, I know you're talking about for women and I, and I definitely can, can hear that, but I'm thinking of myself and some others too. And I'm like, man, you know, how many times do we not think of opportunity cost? Right. And what that's costing us in our lives. And I really, I just, I just, your, your idea of, you know, spending that additional time with your kids really resonates to me because that's not just, I mean, you can look at many different trade offs that we make as entrepreneurs. So those are my fans that are the people that have been listening to this show for a long time. They know they always get the, uh, the good, bad and the ugly here because most of the time when entrepreneurs come on here, they talk about, you know, the difficult times, right? This isn't really a, uh, a fluff show where we just talk about, you know, everything that happens well on our routes, because that's just not the reality of the situation. <laughs> so Heather, I want to spend a little bit of the time that we have left here and, and tell us a little bit more about what your current project, which is Achievement Consultants. Tell us a little bit more about what you're up to. So right now with Achievement Consultants, my overall goal is to give 500 keynote speeches and right now I'm at 17, so I don't know if I'm doing good or bad. At Congratulations. This <laughs> That's amazing. That's, that sounds great to me. Congrats. 17 out of 500. So I've got, you know, little ways to go. But I'm speaking at a lot of universities and colleges, especially to the younger generation, just about mm. entrepreneurship and what the nitty gritty looks like. And either, so it either goes one of two ways. The kids are either like super excited and like, oh, this is the life for me, or the other yeah. way is, oh my, I'm going to be an accountant. Like, this is way too risky for me, which <laughs> it's good to know either way. You know, it's real. It's, yeah, of course. you don't want to get 20 years into a career and say, oh, wait, I don't really like risk and I don't really like, you know, spending Saturday nights working on my taxes, you know, so. Perhaps I should have become an accountant. So I like to get them young. And the other thing I I want to stress to this younger generation, I'm just trying to download this information, is it's not difficult. I can do it. You can do it. You know, kind of light a fire mm. underneath them that this is not, you know, rocket science. This is not brain surgery. This is an extremely obtainable thing, but there is a very specified route to go about it. So that's what I'm doing mm. right this instant. As a, and I'm also um, consulting with businesses and working with streamlining processes and things like that. So mm. that's not the exciting part. The exciting part is the kids. The yeah. other 
thing that I, this is, you know, the national debut, the international debut. I am now making this public. I'm writing a book called That's a Rap, How I Became the Queen of Raps. And Oh my gosh, I cannot wait. This is good. <laughs> I love it. Yes. So you heard it here first. You guys hold me accountable. I'm on page 60 of the manuscript, so I got a ways to go. Wow. But just again, downloading this information that's in my brain and getting it on paper and hopefully influencing these young, you know, high school, college kids and mm. and other people that are interested about becoming entrepreneurs and just helping them out, man, sharing the wisdom. So that's what I'm doing. Great. And I, one of the things that I like is that you've said it multiple times, 500 is the goal for your keynotes. And I have a, a strange uh, feeling that you're going to definitely surpass that sooner than you think. And uh, But I do love that you set something that was measurable and something that you could hold yourself accountable to. So there's so many lessons in our conversation today from the knowledge you've given. Uh, so I have no doubt that you know more people are going to continue to recognize your work. That being said, Heather, if somebody's listening to this and they want to connect or they want to learn more about achievement consultants or, you know, obviously contact you regarding a keynote to book you, what's the best way for people to do that? Honestly, the easiest way to get directly to me is my LinkedIn. It's Heather Griffith Barber. Achievement Consultants is on LinkedIn. Queen of Raps is on LinkedIn. I answer all of the, all the DMs I get. So just slide on in there. <laughs> That's amazing. And we'll put all that information in the show notes so that our audience can just click on the links and head right on over. And speaking of the audience, if this is your first time with Mission Matters, we're all about bringing on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and having them share their mission, the reason behind their mission, you know, why do they do what they do? If that's the type of content that sounds interesting or fun or exciting to you, hit that subscribe button. We have many more mission-based individuals coming up on the line, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Heather, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I can't wait till this book comes out. You know we're going to have to have you back on the show when this comes out. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you.